Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hot Happy Mess. Celebrate your magic in the middle of life's messes. Hot Happy Mess. I'm Ziri Hall, and this is Hot Hot Happy Happy Mess. Oh, shoot. What is up? Hello, this is Hot Happy Mess and I am Zuri. It's Wednesday. If you are a real one and listening to this on the day of upload, and if that is the case, then happy Wednesday to you. Ooh, that got a little low and vibrato-y. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit slap happy. I don't know. I just, no, I just drank the last of my coffee and it's hitting, hitting. Happy whatever day today is for you. I hope that it's a great one. I'm glad that you've joined me for another episode of Hot Happy Mess. I am just getting back from a week off, a much needed week off, very much appreciated week off. Went to Ohio, the home state. OH, baby, let's go. Um, Also, The Ohio State University, my alma mater, just trademarked the word the successfully. And you really love to see it because, come on, The Ohio State University. Go Bucks. Anyways, I'm back from some rest, back from some family time. And now I am, I'm thinking about two things. Like I have a housewarming situation that I want to have because it's been over a year that I've been in the house. The significant renovations are done for now, the, the main level. Um, And I want to have people over, but also I'm kind of just like not tired, tired. I'm just like chilling and I'm emphasis on the homebody, which speaking of, you should follow it. My side account, my side Instagram account, homebody hall at homebody hall on Instagram for all of my home renovation and decor and design tips and like just sharing all of my first time homeowner stuff. I didn't want to blow up my main page with it, uh, but for people who are interested in a more deep dive the insider look, uh, go follow me at Homebody Hall. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking about planning this housewarming party. I'll definitely have it sometime this summer or just before Labor Day at the very latest. Uh, so I've got to figure out a, like a cute theme, a little menu, drinks, the playlist. So if y'all have any recommendations, slide in my DMs, let me know because I'm too tired. No, I'm not tired. I don't know why I can't... What is the word that I'm actually looking for? I am too... I don't care enough. (laughs) That's what I'm looking for. I care to have the party, but I don't care enough to be particularly stressed about the details right now. Once I have a little more time on my hands, I can get into the weeds with it, but it's not imperative that it be sorted out anytime soon. So that's what I mean. I'm not actually tired. I'm trying to be intentional with my words. Okay. Today, speaking of intent, I intend to live a peaceful life. I wake up in the mornings setting intentions for my day and myself, and that includes peace. Today's episode is all about peace, and as you know, it's a topic that I love talking about. I love getting other people's perspectives on and having conversations around because this concept of peace and what it means to feel it in a consistent and true and deep way has changed my life. 
it really has changed my life. It's, it's been transformative. You know, I said many years ago, peace shouldn't feel so foreign. I said that in a blog post, my Alpha Bay blog post, oh my gosh, more than half a decade ago. And that quote resonated with so many of you. So I'm excited to dive into more of that uh, in today's episode. You know, peace begins with me is not just a saying. And it's something that I had to really learn how to internalize and believe I am in control. I am very much the maker of the moments that I'm in. And if I have the foundation, if you have the foundation, if we have the foundation and the groundwork and the tools, the toolkits to self-regulate and self-soothe or get back to a place of peace and stillness, particularly in turbulent moments, well, then we really have it all. We have so much. So I'm excited for this conversation coming up next with Morgan because she just exudes calm, peace, good energy. I so enjoyed learning from her as she shares four practical ways for us to practice peace. Um, also her personal story of being diagnosed with autism and how we can practice peace in our daily lives. You're gonna love it. Here's Morgan. All right, popular Instagram poet and artist Morgan Harper Nichols has created her life's work around the stories of others. Morgan's popular Instagram feed has garnered a loyal online community of nearly 2 million. She also hosts a podcast, The Morgan Harper Nichols Show, where she shares daily reflections on finding meaning and peace in life and work. Morgan is often on the road creating, teaching, and performing in hopes of spreading her unique inspirational message and inviting others into into her creative process. Morgan currently resides in Phoenix, Arizona with her husband and son. Her latest book, which I have had the pleasure of digging into, I highly recommend it. Peace is a practice, an invitation to breathe deep and find a new rhythm for life is available now. Morgan, hello, how are you? Hello, thank you so much for the warm welcome. I'm honored to be here. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you. It's It's been a crazy month, but no complaints. So um, I need your book more than ever. I've got to be reminded oh. <laughs> these days that peace is a practice. <laughs> you know, it's I don't know if I'm the only person but who feels this way, but I feel like I feel like time is is really it's so weird right now. Like it seems like every month I'm like, wow, is it still this month? Really? <laughs> like, <laughs> like we still have another whole week and another one. You're so, still doing this, oh, huh? I, okay. I totally get that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you feel me. Um, you, like I said, your book, this conversation couldn't have come at a better time. Um, for those who might be listening and newer to your work or, or all of the amazing accomplishments that, that you have under your belt, uh, just kind of break it down for me a little bit of your journey, because what's so fascinating is that you've lived many lives. You, you've expressed <laughs> your art and your talents in so many different ways, um, from working on Grammy-nominated projects and writing for other artists, to obviously this beautiful and inspirational Instagram and social media following. Um, talk to me a little bit about where you started and how you ended up where you are now. Yes, yes. So I, I, I grew up in a very creative family. Um, I was homeschooled, preacher's kid. So it was, it, when I talk about it growing, I'm like, oh, it sounds like a nice little, you know, thing. And it, and it was, but at the same time, I mean, I was really kind of like the weird kid. I mean, I still, am, but, <laughs> and I, I own that proudly. Sometimes when I say yeah. that, people are like, don't call yourself that. I'm like, it's fine. Like I've, rep the uh, weird. Yeah. I'm I'm all like, about it. yeah. 
we're, we're, we're making it cool. Like it's, it's just gonna yes. be cool. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine with that. So it was me and my my sister who's two years younger than me, and we just, you know, it was through from a very young age. Like if I did make a friend, <laughs> it was through creativity. A lot of times, it was through when I learned how to play guitar and like meeting other kids who knew how to play instruments and stuff. So from a very young age, creativity became about connection. Like I just associated that with, you know, when you express yourself creatively, it opens up opportunities for you to meet other people. And, you know, as we know, especially being young, that is so important, you know, for teenagers, like all you're worried about, it's like, oh, you know, how do you fit in in the world and in these groups and all those things. So that was kind of like the first, my first real initiation of my teen years. Like I was just your typical cliche millennial, you know, into my space with, you know, coding my little pages and doing it for friends. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) except again, back to the no friends thing, like me and my sister, we were just ride or die. We were each other's number one and the rest seven were like bands. Like (laughs) we're just like, we're like, forget everybody else. Like we're just going to put each other. (laughs) (laughs) Forget a top eight. Okay. It's you and me. Yeah, we were just, we were just like, we're just gonna do our own thing, like, whatever. So, yeah, I was just so fascinated. Like, for me, the internet was an opportunity to just create and, and even just passively just connect with other people. So, I say all that to say from that point to literally like 10 years, it was just, let's just try stuff. Like <laughs> I went to college, I, I started in music, but I ended up graduating with an English degree. I had like a desk job for two years after I graduated. But even then, was the desk I was, well, what was it was the desk at job? my college. It was at my college. I was a mission counselor. So I was the one okay. when he called and said, Hey, tell me about the school. That was me. And I'm like, okay, send your transcripts to this address. And and I kept, you know, everybody's little files and all that kind of stuff. Nice. So okay. I actually really loved that job. I really yeah. loved it because, again, it was that connection thing. You know, I was just, that was something I always struggled with. And it felt really special to, like, be able to, like, I'm still in touch with some of the students that I, <laughs> that I helped really? through that process. I still am all these years later because that was just special to me. Like, I was just like, I, I really liked helping high schoolers like through that. Like, that was just, I enjoyed that job, but the job moved. It moved to a different part of the state. I couldn't move with it. So that is what launched me into just the freelance chaos of just <laughs> let me just try stuff. So, you know, it's it's so interesting even hearing my bio. It's like, oh, yeah, those are some of the, the peaks in those moments, you know, working on these big projects, music projects and stuff. But, you know, as many people know, there's also all of those rejections and those valleys all that the were valleys, there as well yeah. of like me just putting a lot of hope into I moved to Nashville and tried to have like a full-blown songwriter career, then that didn't work. So I was like, well, let me try a singer-songwriter career. Okay, performing artist, singer-songwriter, performing mm-hmm. artist, background vocalist, singer-songwriter. Like, how many hiking it we <laughs> with it? <laughs> it kept growing and growing and growing. And it got to a point where I was just like, I was so tired. Like, I was just burnt out. I was exhausted. And I ended up writing a poem about it when I was when I was 26 
and this was in, in 2016. I just wrote a poem about just feeling so burned out and exhausted and feeling like I had let down, let down so many people, especially my family. Like I have very supportive parents and my sister and my husband. And I just felt like, wow, I just let everybody down. Like all these people have supported me and, and Why? So Why did you feel like you were letting them down though? You know, I think it's because I saw, I saw, especially my sister, my sister's two years younger than me. And she had really fast success in her music at a very young age. And even though she's my younger sister, two years younger than me, she really brought me along. Like she was like, Hey, I'm going on this tour. I have this sister who also sings like, can she be an opener? Um, you know, my mom, she has background in the entertainment industry. Like I saw her trying to like help me like get in the door. And, and, you know, I, I, me and my husband, we met in college and then he, he just like jumped on the bandwagon with me of like, okay, just freelance and just figure stuff out. And I saw him just like being okay with like, okay, yeah, let's just move to Nashville, you know? And I'm like, oh, all that stuff was to help, like to help me and, you, and yeah. to not see it reach the level that I thought it was going to. It was just really hard. You know, it's, it, it was just hard. And I, I just remember just feeling defeated and also had like a few, I had a few industry people along the way as well, who were like, maybe they weren't like the top, top executive, but they were someone who was like, Hey, I see you. I see what you're doing. Like you're talented. You have something like, here's how I can help. And just feeling like, wow, these people really, you know, stuck their neck out for me, like tried to help me. And, you know, I see it now differently, but you know, back then when I was thinking that way and I was super broke and I was super tired, it just <laughs> felt like, and this massive hyphenated, like, oh my gosh, how many yeah. more jobs do I have to add? It was just, it was just too much. It was just too much. And, um, also a whole other thing that I just found out last year, um, beginning of last year is that I have autism. I'm autistic. And, and you just found that out last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was diagnosed last year. So I technically started to figure out in 2020, but formally really? diagnosed in 2021. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to know when you got the diagnosis, did that bring peace? Did that bring clarity? Was there a sense of relief? Did you always wonder if, if something, if there might be something, you, you know, know particularly in social interaction? Oh my goodness. Yes. That's why I'm even able to tell my story the way I tell it now, because I didn't, I didn't know why I was struggling. I just assumed it was because I was homeschooled. You know, I was a preacher's kid. I was like, oh, that's it. You know, <laughs> nobody just wants to hang out with me. But now I know I'm like, oh, no, there were other layers. It was just like, for instance, you know, autism is a spectrum. It looks different for everyone. But for me, what a lot of times that looks like is I don't I don't hear tone of voice very well. So I could never really differentiate between like what was like a very friendly hello or what was just like a just an impassing hello. So sometimes, yeah, I would, yeah. yeah, And I still, I still struggle with it, but growing up, it was a real issue. So there would be times where I would like think I was befriending a group of girls. And then, you know, I would find out later, oh, they were just tolerating me. Like they weren't actually, I thought they were legitimately my friends. And then I found out, oh, they had a party. They did a thing. I wasn't invited. And just all of that, 
for years not knowing what that was. I just thought it was my fault. I just thought, oh, it's, you know, something's wrong with me or it's how I grew up. It's because of this, it's because of that. So to get that diagnosis was so healing because now I can look back over my whole life. Even that story I was just telling about 26, being 26, I was like, oh, I wasn't just dealing with burnout. I was also dealing with autistic burnout because Mm. for me, I need a lot of recovery time when it comes to work, especially the stuff I was doing in the music industry, because I also have a sensory processing disorder within that. So there were times where I would be in a vocal booth doing background vocals and the same kind of time frame that a normal, you know, background vocalist would do. But I would walk away from that just just like wanting to cry, just feeling like my brain was just like. And that's because neurologically on a sensory level, just hearing all those sounds, hearing those, having those headphones in my ear three, four hours at a time, it was, it's significantly, yeah, it's the closest I can explain to it is like, I, for me, the sound of like just moderately volume music is like the equivalent of being in like an elementary school lunchroom with like yeah, which is the worst place 200 to be. third graders I hated being there when I was in third grade I was like You're oh my god like, these kids are crazy kids are- I need quiet <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah it's it is very loud because I it's just the differentiation I'm not getting all of that so yeah mm-hmm. I was just Tired, worn out. Didn't know why. I didn't know. Wow. I just wow. knew it was it was wearing out of me. But somehow, yeah. through all of that, I ended up writing a poem about it. And I just I wrote a poem that starts with, "When you start to feel like things should have been better this year, remember the mountains and valleys that brought you here." And the poem ends with, "You are wrapped in endless, boundless grace. There is more to you than yesterday." And mm, for some that. reason. I, you know, I I guess it's just a 21st century, you know, thing to do. I just felt like, oh, let me just take a picture of it. And I put it on Pinterest and I put it on Pinterest 2016 and I just forgot about it. I just put it up and I just left it alone. And that following January, I started to get messages from people. (laughs) They were like, hey, did you write this poem that, you know, this reality star posted? It has your name on it. And I was like, I did. I don't know how they saw it. Yeah. Went back and looked at Pinterest. It had been repinned over 100,000 times. Oh my gosh. Who was the reality star? Who posted it? I think the first person, I'm blanking on her last name. She, she, uh, Christina, she's, um, HGTV show. I think she and her ex used to have, Oh, Christina Hawk, Christina Hawk, or maybe she was married to Tariq El Musa for the longest. Yes. There you go. That's where my my entertainment news, red carpet reporting. You're like, I got you. (laughs) You're like, I got you. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Okay. So I think she was the very first one and she shared that. And I was just like, how on earth did she find this? It just blew my mind. So I was like, let me go back and look at Pinterest. And it had been repinned mm-hmm. over a hundred thousand times. And, oh you know, to me, it was just, you know, there's a lot that I, 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 I learned from that. But I think the biggest thing was, was like, oh, that whole vulnerability thing that I was struggling with internally as it turns out, there's at least a hundred thousand other people who right. struggle with that same feeling. And right. that to me was just very healing. It was very, 
encouraging. And I think that's, that's ultimately what led to like the version of what I did to do today. Mm-hmm. And what I, was the, the Pinterest virality sort of a catalyst to, Oh, well, I just kind of, that was like the trick shot, right? Like when you yeah. throw the basketball <laughs> in the hoop and just walk away and then everybody's like, Oh snap. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what happened? You look yes. back and realize oh you landed the shot. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Like, did you start being more intentional after that? Like, yes, well, shoot, let yes. me actually try to like I hit know. these hoops. Yes, I did. And like everything I wrote just sounded the same. Like for <laughs> for a long time after that, because I was just like, I don't even know, like, you know, because I wasn't trying to make it happen. So it took me about, it took me, that was January. And then it was in October when I realized something of that year. In 2017, I realized something. I was like, you know what? I keep, because I kept trying, like you said, after the trick shot, I kept trying to like repeat it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I just can't figure out. And I was like, but here's the thing. I was like, for some reason, I feel like I can write more freely whenever I'm just talking to someone one-on-one. So if someone like DM'd me and they were like, hey, I really enjoyed this poem that you wrote and they were just sharing their story with me, the, that's when the words would just kind of flow out in that moment when I'm just focused on one person instead of trying to, you know, manage all these other people, you know, in the world. Yeah. And I decided in October 2017, and I still do it to this day. I said, hey, I posted on my Instagram story. I said, hey, if you would like for me to write something in response to your story, just send me a DM. I won't share your story publicly and I'll just respond to you with art and poetry. And wow. I thought wow. that maybe I would do like one or two, but I woke up the next day and like hundreds of people had DM'd me and really? it just kept going. And I was just so in love with that process. And and I still am. And now that, that idea of just one person at a time, that really guides like, Everything that I do. And I think what I had to learn, though, was like one person. I had to start with myself, though. Like I had to be the first the first person. I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, I I know I may not be a failure, but I feel like a failure. Like I feel this way. And I had to really, really like look at that. And that's where that first poem came from. Mm. And yeah, that's that's what I try to do today. I still try to sit and, and reflect and say, you know, where am I at right now? Like, what do I feel? What do I feel that might not even be true, but I feel it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah, just try to start from that place. And, you know, you, you started, you discovered that process, the process that resonated most with you. What I really love about what you said is, you know, that you realized locking in on that one-on-one connection ironically allowed you to connect with the world, quite frankly. And to me, that is the truest thing. I I genuinely literally feel chills just hearing you say that and and, and talking about this with you because we're we're all so desperate for connection and that that feeling of being seen. Mm -hmm. And we so rarely feel it. I don't care. You can be the most famous person. I sit on these carpets, these junkets, and I talk to these celebrities who are miserable. They're alone. They don't feel understood. They don't feel seen for who they actually are. Um, And to hear you saying that you were giving, that you give people that opportunity to feel seen, to feel heard through one-on-one connection, um, it kind of 
it makes so much sense mm. why, why that would connect so so swiftly um, and so profoundly with millions of people because yeah. now that that's exactly who you have supporting you. Um, and I love that it came from this genuine desire to just make one person yeah. feel a little bit more heard. So that's, yes. that's beautiful. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your book goes into four practical ways. Your newest book, I should I should clarify because there's more than one, y'all. So come on. <laughs> uh, but the newest book uh, dives into four practical ways to practice peace. You talk about the beauty of being present, your personal story of pursuing peace um, while living on the spectrum. You know, after your diagnosis um, of living with autism, how to be your authentic self, um, giving yourself grace, which is a big one for me, for our audience, um, and how to find peace in a fearful world. I mean, we are living in a world where constant mm-hmm. clickbait, scary headlines, yeah. the anxiety fuels the the clicks and, and the subscriptions mm-hmm. and we're all the poorer for it mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, why was now the perfect time for you to explore this um, in published form? And what is your hope when people read this book? What are you hoping they walk away understanding about themselves and about how to exist in a world that wants you to be anything but at peace? Mm, yes. Oh, my goodness. That's such a oh, that's such a good question. And, you know, kind of going back to the the one person at a time thing. Um, you know, as I think about what, like, like what you just said, everything we've been going through over the past few years, I just kept thinking about someone who was 10 years younger than me, a young woman 10 years younger than me, because I just kept thinking about, like, as hard as it is for me right now, after I've lived a little bit, you know, I still got ways to go, but you know, I'm not like <laughs> fresh out of college like I was, like, I'm, I've lived a little bit. Um, and as hard as it is, even with that a little bit of experience, a little bit more wisdom than I had 10 years ago, I just kept thinking about, wow, it's got to be so hard for someone even younger than me. So that was the the image that I started with. But, you know, like that whole thing about being particular, you you end up writing for other people as well. 
So I ended up writing this book, just thinking about different people in my life that I have been talking to through, you know, my audience and, and also people that I know personally who are just feeling really, really overwhelmed right now. And maybe you don't have time for another, you know, 15 step thing to add to your list to, to, to make, you know, make you feel better. Mm-hmm. I wanted to write something that you could just flip through and open, or if you want to listen to the audiobook. <laughs> Just swipe over to something and just listen and say, okay, here's a small thing that I can do to just breathe deep today. And that is the the core of the book. And it was very intimidating a little bit to even think about, you know, I was like, I'm going to write about book, this book about this. And then I'm like, wait, am I qualified to do this? Mm, and I had to realize, really? I was like, you know, I am qualified because yes, my, mm. <laughs> yes, I you just... I'm now I'm trying so hard not to be tempted and like go on this tangent oh, because no, please tangents, you ask I, yourself that yes. am I qualified to do this? I ask myself that almost every day still, mm. and it is so fascinating, right? To hear about you know to see and how obviously talented you are, and mm. when you look at your Instagram, it's like oh I can't I can't find a more qualified person. Like mm. this woman um, is, is emitting from her pores um, the essence of peace and, and affirm positive affirmation and. And self-love and celebration. Um, the fact that you still would ask yourself that question, it yeah. goes to that idea of imposter syndrome yeah. and how it really is something that we all struggle with no matter where we are in our life. Yeah. Yeah. That how? is so, yeah, it's the question hasn't gone away. And, you know, I, I think that that, that ended up being, I'm like, well, you know, I done told these people I'm gonna write a book. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta do it. So you know? I'm, right. <laughs> I'm like, can't back out now. It's too late. The papers, yeah. the papers have been signed. Um, so I'm like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna push through it? How am I gonna write? And I just kept thinking about, again, that younger me, I'm like that younger version of me. I'm like, Younger Morgan, 10 years, 10 years ago, Morgan needs to see today, Morgan, write this and write through it and write through the question, am I qualified? And yeah, I would love to say when I reached the last chapter, I was like, I feel qualified now. No, I did yeah. not. I'm still scrolling through that word doc like, oh my yeah. goodness, I hope this makes some kind of sense. Um, <laughs> like, okay, editor, fix it up for me. I'm kidding. But, right. it's, but it was serious though of like, wow, okay, yeah, this is what it feels like to to write through that feeling that didn't go away. And that to me is what it means to practice peace. It's mm. the unknowns are still there. The questions are still there. And and it's so hard too because the more, you know, the more, let's say, you know, marginalized identities that you have, if you're disabled, if you're, you know, if you're black, if you're in any group that's like, yeah, you're over there, you know, we only let so many of y'all in, the more of those that you have, the harder I think it is to answer that question because you're constantly surrounded with the opposite. You're surrounded with people who are, who are we're oftentimes tokenizing and saying, okay, we only let so many in, we only let so many in. So that question, it, it, that question mark goes from like a, you know, just like a regular question mark to a bold underlined size, font size 25. <laughs> Are people actually going to listen? Am I actually going to be supported? And I had those questions with every chapter. There's even one part in the book I wrote about this because 
This happened to me like weeks before my um, <laughs> weeks before my first book came out, my first like traditionally book publisher. I had so years ago I had seen on Twitter, which it's like, why did this why did this stick with me? I should have just let it go, but it did it. It just stuck with me. I saw someone write this. They said, No one should write a book before they're 30. You haven't lived long enough. <laughs> Who said that? Exactly. I don't even know. Like that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. You know, I don't even know who said it, and it just stuck with me. Like, isn't that so terrible? Like, I hate that that's the case. Yeah. Well, just a few. My book is a few weeks shy of my of my book coming out and turning thirty. Both of those are happening at the same time. Okay. I was like, oh yeah, I'm qualified. Okay. You know, my book's coming out just right. like a few days before I turn thirty. Again, this is a nameless person on Twitter. Yeah. I don't. Don't even remember right. who it was. I meet an author that I used to look up to, and they were speaking to a very about five of us who were like different public figures in a different way, and we were all you know relatively young. And they looked at us and said, "No one, including you all, should not be writing a book before you're forty. Really." <laughs> Oh, so they just don't want us out here writing nothing ever. Exactly. (laughs) And I was like, wow, "Wow, the audacity and audacity to to, put those limitations on you. Exactly. And it's like, you know, I'm like, this person saying this has and and they were a person who has more privilege than me. Like, I'll just leave it Mm -hmm. at that. I'm like, Mm -hmm. wow, you have no idea. I'm like, Mm. you're talking to somebody who literally just a few generations ago in my own family, there were anti-literacy laws in this country. Mm. Like for me to write poetry, to read anything at all is an act of resistance. It is a miracle (laughs) that we're able to do this. So it's, and Mm. I wrote about that in the book because I was like, this is literally something I was just carrying with me. And I was like, no, I'm not going to carry this with me into another decade. I'm not going to carry this with me into another decade of like, oh, I'm not qualified to 40 because I'll probably meet somebody Mm -hmm. on my 39th birthday telling me Mm -hmm. (laughs) what I can't do till Mm -hmm. I'm 50. So girl, don't write it till you're 50. You know what they say? (laughs) You shouldn't write a book till you're 60. Y'all want me in my grave with my first publication? Like what is... (laughs) I'm sorry. It is it's a no for yeah. me. So I, I actually wow. wrote in the book. I was like, hey, if you're young reading this, like, please write away. Like, we want to hear from mm. you. Like, yeah, you might look back on some of the stuff you said and you're like, oh, I wish I could have said it differently. But I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it to to make space for that. Absolutely. And you you just have to begin, you know, mm-hmm. if people waited until they felt 100% ready, qualified, um, educated to do anything, we would never yeah, do anything. Exactly. And sure, you look back at the things you did in your 20s. I certainly yeah. <laughs> do. And you cringe at some of the things. But then I look at other things and I say, thank God I started it then. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't yeah. be where I am now when it comes to evolution mm-hmm. and progress. I hate to hear that someone that you admired yeah, would, and it's, you know, try to still that, and that it's part wild of you. too, because it's like, you know, I heard that after, you know, at that point, I have a book coming out. I'm already, I have a publisher. I have all these things. It's like, imagine somebody hearing that who is just getting the courage to, you know, 
press publish on Instagram for the first time, you know, it's like that stuff can right. be crushing. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad that we're even talking about it now. Cause I think that, yeah. you know, yeah. that permission is just so important. Right. Right. You, you start the book off with one of my favorite spirituals. It is well with my soul. Uh, one of my favorite songs. I listen to this thing mm. religiously. Uh, yeah. It's called peace be still by hope Darst. Yeah. And I, the lyrics are beautiful. I highly recommend whoever's listening right now. Check it out. I'm curious to know more about what peace means for you. You mm-hmm. said that you associate the word peace with a river. Mm-hmm. I, I love the visual that I have when I think about that. What What do you mean when you say that? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So I, yeah, I love just even you highlighting the songs because I think that um, you know, what I started thinking about peace and how I need peace in my life, I started to think about what I tend to do. And that's, I try, I tend to intellectualize peace. I tend to try and figure out, okay, what's kind of the step by step that I need to get to peace or what do I need to clear off my schedule or what unknown do I need to get figured out? I start coming up with the plan <laughs> so I can get mm-hmm. there. And as I started to reflect, I, I went all the way back to childhood and I thought about that song, It Is Well With My Soul, and how from that moment hearing that as a kid, when the author says, peace like a river, I, when hearing that, I started to associate peace with the river. And I just took a little poetic license and I was like, you know what? Maybe that's not a coincidence. Maybe, maybe we're missing something by only defining these big, important soul level things such as peace by just a dictionary term or, you know, just some kind of step by step. What I love about a river is that it's something that you have to traverse through the wilderness to find. You have to, you have to go and, and, and into a place that you might not be comfortable or, or familiar with. And you have to slow down and listen for for the rush of the water. It's a whole process trying to find that river, trying to see. I have I have a there's like a I mean it's probably technically a creek. Uh, I was uh, a, technically a creek nearby my house, but I, I call it a river. And it's a river. The, it's the, a river for the, the sake the of amount story. Of times, okay. Like I drive by that thing and I try to see and look for that. It takes some real concentration to see through the trees. <laughs> I'm like, is the river flowing? Today? Has there been enough water coming through? Oh, yeah, it's it's a whole process. It's it's a it's almost like a, a sense that I have to practice looking for that peaceful thing. So that's why I defined it as as peace as a river right from the beginning, because I wanted to give people an image. I wanted to give something that said, you know, when when the you know, and my, and my book falls into this category, you know, it's like when the self-help book is just like, I don't want that right now. I'm like, <laughs> I need answers. <laughs> or when you're just like, okay, I read enough or, or I did this and I did that. And I still don't feel that peace. I think that we can still turn to nature. We can still turn mm. and look at this beautifully divine created world as an example, as a way to be reminded of what it's actually like to pursue peace in daily life. And it's not something like many other things in life that we can just pick up and buy off the shelf. It's something that we have to slow down and seek and continue to seek and return to on a daily basis. So, yeah. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. 
Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You mentioned nature as one of those ways to uh, find peace, reconnect with it. I've, you know, had experts on the podcast. We've talked about um, the restorative nature, the restorative, yeah, nature, no pun intended, (laughs) of being out in nature Um, and what that does to just go outside and breathe some fresh air, connect with Mother Nature. Um, You share a number of ways that we can incorporate peace into our daily lives in the book. Uh, What are maybe just a couple of those examples Mm -hmm. uh, that you encourage people to consider if we're looking to infuse our lives with a little more peace today, right? Because Hot Happy Mess is all about best life minus the burnout. Mm -hmm. I was just best life or bust for the first 10 years of my adult life. And all I had to show for it was frustration, exhaustion, burnout, Mm -hmm. um, anxiety, bouts of, you know, situational depression. Um, And I said, something has to give. And so peace has quite literally become a practice for me. But for those who might be new to that process or new to the idea of intentionally seeking peace, um, what, what do you suggest they do to begin? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I filled this book with practices that have been very helpful to me. And, um, you know, again, just going back to my autism diagnosis, I didn't know I was autistic, but because of that, I, for me, seeking peace is a, it's a daily hourly thing because my nervous system, it gets pretty packed in there <laughs> real fast. So I yeah. I mean it when I say I've got to look for every little thing that I can find to help me breathe deep in daily life. And those have just become a part of my rhythm. So I go as small as something I talk about in the book is lighting a candle when I sit down to work on a project. And the reason why is because, you know, there's been research done on what artificial light does to us and does to our bodies. And and how it affects our body's natural rhythms. Because for the first time in human history, since creating artificial light, we no longer end our day when the when the sun has gone from the sun sky, you know, it's yeah. like our days are 24 hour now. There's, there's lights everywhere. And, you know, on the surface, that might just seem like a passive thing, just like a, you know, remnant of our modern world. But if you really unpack it, you see that, oh, that affects how we sleep. That affects like how we, how we, how we uh, even relate to darkness and, and may even feel restless when things are too dark or too quiet or too slow. So I'm 
really interested in, in, in how to restore some of that. And for me personally, sensory processing, the lights really get to me. Like I'm always turning off lights as much as I can. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm always turning off lights. That's good for the electric bill. Well, yes, it is. Yes. Amen <laughs> to that. <laughs> and what I learned and realized with incorporating candles whenever I'm working on something, especially after the sun has gone from the sky, is that candles can only stay lit for so long. You know, a light bulb can burn for thousands and thousands of hours before it burns out whereas a candle cannot burn that way before that wick is like hey i need a break like <laughs> i'm right, I'm in this wax like yeah, we've got to cool off for a minute and what i've noticed yeah. is that when i start something working on that candle and that candle burns out and it's ready to go all right, that's when it's time for me to take a break. When that candle's taking a break, I'm going to take a break. And even just that. that small thing has helped me so much because I tend to put myself on the pressure of burning like an artificial light. And I'm actually a lot more like a candle. <laughs> I'm a lot more right. like a candle. I can only do so much before I need that time. So that's one of my yeah. favorite practices in the book because I feel like it's so simple. Like there's no other steps. Like just light a candle, <laughs> just light a candle mm-hmm. and see how that, that, that feels for you. And another one is mindfully listening to music. And I talk about how, how music, because there's so much of it being made right now, we're not really listening to music the way we used to. It's, you know, I'm about to sound like an old person, but it's like back in the day, we used to, I remember mm-hmm. going to like Walmart and buying an album and like listening to it and just sitting there listening to it and and even you know for me maybe this wasn't everyone's experience but for me seeing myself in the music finding language for my emotions in the music and that's something Mm. that that is harder it gets harder when you have so much access. So another practice that I that I encourage people to do is to go and find songs that have meaning. Maybe it's it's from your culture, it's from your family, and and just create like a pieces of practice playlist where it's like these songs help me breathe deep. And for me, a lot of the songs on my playlist are songs that my parents told me about when I was a kid. And just having that, just having that on my playlist. It's something that now I can pass on to my child, but it's also just something that I can just have in that moment amidst all of the other pressure around me. It's like, here's a positive way to use my senses, listening, to slow down and be present to the to the moment. Because one of the amazing things right. about music is that no, I love podcasts. Like that's the thing. I mostly listen to podcasts now. Like I really don't even like I have to remind myself to listen to music. But you know, you can listen to podcasts and audiobooks on 2X speed. You can't listen to music on 2X speed. Doesn't make right, sense. Right. It's not hitting quite the it's same. No. Not. So <laughs> it's just these small things can can help us. And one of the bigger ones, and I'll, I'll end on this one, I'll give the, the short version of it. And that is something that I call a personal bibliography. And I created I created this inspired by my college days when I was feeling a bit 
um, not making friends, struggling with that whole thing. And I had this this girl that I met when I first got on campus and and I told her I liked her shirt. And she was like, oh, it's my favorite band. And we started talking. A few hours later, she comes by my dorm and she had burned a CD with that band on it and some other bands. And she oh. was just like, oh, these are, you know, here's that band and some other bands. I thought you might like it. That's so sweet. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And from that CD, I ended up finding out one of my favorite artists, and I still listen to a lot of the artists. Oh, you gotta sell us the artist, Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan Stevens. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. He's, uh, like folk singer songwriter, and just so many beautiful songs. And I never would have known about him had it not been from not been for her. And I never saw her again. I don't know mm. what happened. I don't know if she like it was a very small school. I don't know if she transferred the next <laughs> semester. I don't. I don't know what it was. I the never, next day, she yeah. never see her again. That's I never wild. saw her again, and yeah. I find. And yes, there is grief and sadness there. And at the same time, I find peace in that because it's like, mm-hmm. wow, how beautiful is it that someone can be in your life literally for a few hours and impact you for all of time and what they offered you what they gave you is just as significant as someone who you may have known for years and i think a lot about how you know we have all had to had have had our our idea of what community looks like change over the past few it's different been different for everyone but in some capacity we've all had to see like our lives and the people that we see and and relate to and how how often we're able to see people. We've all seen that change in some way. So I wanted to offer this idea in the book and I call it a personal bibliography and it's what I keep for myself. I have a hardcover journal where I just write down any time someone has had some significant moment uh, for me in my life. And I just write it in that journal. Because if you're looking in the back of a nonfiction book, they have a bibliography. They have a bibliography of all the sources that impacted that book. So when we think about like the book of your life, there are people in that bibliography. And (laughs) some of those people, you may have only seen them a few times, or you may have only heard them on a podcast or only read about them in a book. Write them down. Keep this 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 paper trail of wisdom in your life of all the people who've impacted you. And there's just a lot of peace in that, just being able to go back and look on that. So yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that's also a really great way to cultivate gratitude, also, mm-hmm. right? Of because course. when you start to mind the moments and memories of your life. You remember just how many interactions, people, sometimes strangers you have to be grateful for. That was, um, that was a lesson I learned. This sounds so LA, but (laughs) I went to Burning Man for the first and only time. Right. And some people it's 50, 50. Some people go to Burning Man to do God knows what and come (laughs) back ride. Other people go there and they have these transformative experiences. And I decided to go and, and just try it and see see what it was. But I was so um, surprised to realize that I did walk away with, with this newfound understanding of what it means to be a stranger, the power that a stranger can have in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to this desert, you're in the middle of nowhere, there's no reception, you're, you're cut off from the world, even if you don't want to be. And trust me, I did not want to be, especially mm-hmm. on day one. And I ended up on this bike and I was just riding through the playa, through the desert dust, 
and I was lost. I was crying off and on because I just felt overwhelmed by this weird world. Um, and I couldn't get in touch with my friends, the camp that I was with. And at a certain point, and I was still trying to control that mm. situation, right? Yeah. So there was anxiety. There was a little bit of fear. There was mm. overwhelm. There was anything but peace. Yeah. And then I realized it doesn't matter what I do, how much I cry, how many times I hit refresh on these non-existent bars on my phone. Mm -hmm. I don't have service. So I just need to be where I am. And so I put the phone away and I got on my bike and I start riding around and I stumbled into this little community, this little camp. And they said, Hey, how are you? We're so-and-so. And I said, Oh, I'm Zuri. And they were like, are you hungry? And I was like, I could eat. And so I pop off my bike and they're like cooking up soup or something in their little makeshift kitchen in the back of a camper. And I'm talking to them and we're laughing and we're exchanging stories about our lives outside of here. And we had the most beautiful couple of hours. And so I felt Mm. that that was a rare connection. I felt very desperate to continue it. Mm. It was like, let's hang out on the other side. Let's be friends when we all get back to LA. Let's da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And they gave off the energy of, oh, she must be new here. Mm. (laughs) And I realized, and we exchanged numbers and we never talked again, to be clear. But um, after about two or three interactions like that um, in the desert, I realized everyone doesn't have to come into your life and stay Mm -hmm. to mean something to, to your point. Um, people can come and they can go and you can just thank God, thank the universe, thank that person for the moment, for the memory, for the experience. And there was this overwhelming sense of peace that washed over me the moment I realized that because I was no longer trying to control my experience, um, the conversation, how long these people stayed in my life. And so it was easier to just be present in it because I wasn't trying to figure out how to make the moment last. I was in it for as long as it lasted. When it was over, I would just be grateful that it had happened. Oh my goodness. I love that because as you were sharing that story, it just made me think about how I'm like, oh, that's kind of like the river thing, like being still by the river. It's like you don't have to travel the full course of the river to embrace the flow of it right there. It's like you can just stand still and say, here's what's flowing by me right now. It's this beautiful experience. And I might not be able to just follow it down, you know, 100 Mm -hmm. miles. I might just be able to stand here and embrace it for what it is. Wow. That's just so beautiful. I, I love that. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. That river visual, that that certainly will stick with me. When we talk about peace, there are also important conversations around the things, the people, the situations that rob us of it or that mm-hmm. may try to take it from us. And in yeah. a digital world, it's a it's a double edged sword because you know, careers are made there, right? You found yeah. viral success. This, this one mm-hmm. woman on Pinterest turned into this beautiful, a uh, new chapter in your life and career. And yet with your over 2 million followers, I can only imagine the noise that you have to filter out. Sometimes the negativity mm-hmm. or the trolls, because we all are dealing with it in varying degrees, whether you yeah. have 20 followers or 20 million. Mm-hmm. And the, the crazy part is it doesn't hurt any less unless you're intentional about not letting those things in to get to you yeah. how do oh, you yeah. keep your peace in in the world Ooh. of social media um so that it doesn't spill into your offline life oh yeah that is such a good question and you're absolutely right and and i actually feel like it's it's gotten worse in terms mm-hmm. of you know trolls and negative comments i went from like not having really anything. I post relatively neutral stuff. Like, you know, I'm posting deep poetry, but it's poetry. You know, right. it's, I'm not really like a target most of the time right. for like, oh my gosh, I hate this. You know, don't post it. So yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I just didn't have that experience. And I wasn't even, I wasn't even trying to, but I just didn't end up having a lot of that. But I would say over this past year, and especially this year, it is definitely cranked up and I'm Really? Like, I I'm like, know. how do people find ways to be mad at poetry? It's open to interpretation, y'all. People are finding ways. They are finding ways. Making like TikTok videos in response saying, here's why this doesn't. Oh, gosh. I'm telling you, it is increased. I'm stressed for you. (laughs) It is increased. It's increased. And I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm human. Like, it, it affects me. It's like, whoa, this is. I, you know, I don't, I'm not paid to manage. (laughs) I saw, I saw, um, I want to say, I think it was, uh, uh, I I may be saying her name wrong. Is it Tarana Burke, the founder of the Me Too movement? Tarana? Oh gosh. I I may be. I saw her. She said something in her comments. I heard. Yes. Yeah. She said once in her comments, manage yourselves in these comments. And I was like, I'm going to keep that because it gets that way. I mean, the, the infighting, the like back and forth, it's just like, whoa, this is even for healthy debate. Like this is not sustainable. Like it's not sustainable to just go back and forth and back and forth all mm-hmm. the time. And for me, the, the biggest way that I have to deal with it is just communicate that to people. Like I've had people who have wanted to be like, well, I need you to answer me on this and that. And I'm just like, I don't have the capacity for that. Mm -hmm. I don't have the capacity for it. 
I Those don't have the capacity for it. Yeah, the boundaries yeah. are so serious. And, you know, I will say, too, it's it's also, you know, one thing I, I talk about, I'm like, practicing peace is not about staying quiet. I mean, there are times where I, I'm like, no, I'm going to address this. I'm going to say this. And I typically do that, especially when, when if, if someone's talking about, like, someone else, <laughs> that mm-hmm. I know, I'm like, I'm, nope, I'm not going to tolerate that. You know, I'm... I've got that older sister thing. I'm like, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not going to tolerate that. I was going to say, because you seem very peaceful, very, very woosa, but I'm like, you got to be tempted (laughs) to clap back sometimes. I mean, every now and then. Sometimes (laughs) I do. Seriously, it's me and, again, me and my sister in each other's top eight. Like, we've been doing that since, you know, 2004 or whatever that was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, Tom was Facebook. Tom was Facebook. Yeah, there was a time where, you know, like not too long again it's increasing my sister just posted like the most neutral thing about her life and someone just came for talking about her body and oh I let them have it I was just like no this is not going to happen like you're not going to speak to my sister that way or anybody that (laughs) way but I'm like I saw it and I let them know that was out of line and they deleted their comment amen Amen. (laughs) yeah they're um it's it's hard to manage that sometimes because they're I don't know you know I don't know if other people feel this way but sometimes you know if you feel yourself reacting to something like you might be like oh no I don't want to like succumb to the trolls but it's not always trolls like sometimes it's literally people who are just crossing the line and sometimes yeah the best thing to do might be to respond and maybe have like a you know a comment respond buddy that you can just text text it to first and say mm-hmm. should I post this that's my right. sister by the way sometimes they're like I'm like what do you think about this should and she's I like no nah, okay, that one might be a little too much sis. Yeah. that might be yeah. too much <laughs> I, I really do think that's helpful I really do think that's helpful I can't I can't ask my husband though because he's one of those, he's like yeah yeah tell him you better tell him I mean Use, I'm like, you don't even use Instagram. So right. like, <laughs> like, you're not going to be here for the fallout when I exactly. got to <laughs> I stopped asking him. Oh, um, but yeah, funny. so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. Well, like. that, that is certainly key. The boundaries uh, when it comes to protecting <laughs> your peace online, offline, just period. Um, yeah. You know, we're, we talk a lot about mental health and mental wellness on this, on this podcast, yeah. on this show um, and burnout. Something that we've already touched on is such a big part of dwindling mental health. That is the biggest thing for me. That is, mm-hmm. that will be the struggle of my life as a, as a very ambitious person, as an overachiever, I don't think that will ever stop being who I am, but I'm learning to mm. manage it and I'm learning to recognize uh, the warning signs when I'm starting to get out of a healthy zone or when yeah. my mental health is suffering. I'm curious to know for you as a creative, when you experience burnout, um, what do you do to alleviate it? Um, and how do you stay inspired to create um, when you kind of, like, do you ever feel the pressure to just turn it out, turn it out, turn it out? Out, mm-hmm. which ironically takes away your creativity. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. The, the burnout thing is so real. And one thing I've just started to ask myself and, and look at on a daily basis is recognizing that 
there's something I've internalized and I think, I think, I think a lot of it's probably just cultural. Like, I don't think it's like any one person who made me feel this way. <laughs> uh, the, this cultural internalization of, I have been kind of conditioned to burn much brighter than I need to. And mm, maybe, mm. maybe my burnout is coming from feeling like that kind of like that candle. Like I need to just, I know that wicks is slipping, but I need to just slip it, but I need to just keep, keep that keep flame burning. up, keep that Burn flame bright. up. And I've just been really experimenting even with giving less um, of myself and and just seeing what happens because i think for a very long time and i've even started to change how i write about this like i was all about like give your all give your all give your all and i'm like yeah sometimes like absolutely you got to give your all times a million but a lot of times we're being asked to do too much yeah maybe um, we just I, enough yeah yeah and i've just been you know when i go to respond to an email it's just like how can i answer this email in one sentence Instead of the normal two paragraphs that I would write. Mm. And it is hard. But at the same time, it's exciting because I see myself growing. And I see, I'm like, yeah, it's going to take inch by inch just releasing myself from needing to do this everywhere all the time. Like there are going to be like when I'm sitting in front of art and I'm making artwork. Yeah, I'm giving like all of me and more <laughs> to like mm-hmm. these paintings because I love it. Like I love to just get in there with the colors and the textures and just, but it's like, I don't have to do that in every area of my life. I don't have to. It's like, just because people expect me to be inspiring artists. It's like my emails don't have to be art. <laughs> right, like, they don't have to. It's like, I don't have to. I'm like, I don't have to, you know, a simple, hello, that's fine fine. Um, it's okay. It's like, or, or that's just not going to work for me. Have a nice day. I don't have to explain why it's not going to work for me. All those things take energy. All of those, even like saying no takes energy. Mm. So I've even had to recognize, like, I've got to work some no's into my life that are just no's, not a no. And oh, next time or no, because I, it's like, no, it's just no. Yeah. Like for this, that's it's just it. No is a full <laughs> sentence. And it it's is. so much easier said than done because Lord knows yeah. I love a comma behind a no. Yeah, I can't. I, <laughs> I can't. I haven't it's made so it a full I still haven't done a no. I still don't think I've done like a text no to a recording. Good God. No, I'm, I'm getting anxious. Just like my pits are sweating thinking <laughs> yeah, about sending no period oh to anyone. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, I, I've gotten, I've got the, I'm just going to be fully transparent. The yeah. only full sentence no is so, you know, my business partner is my husband and he'll ask you like hey someone wants to do this x y and z yeah. i've gotten good at saying no no <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's still some facial expressions like yeah. i'm biting my tongue like you don't need to say anything else like don't give right. any energy to this you already Just decided no. it's a no <laughs> everybody needs at least one person that they can just yeah. <laughs> Say no, period, to it. I yeah, hope, yeah. Like, whether it's a partner, a best friend. Yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. It feels good. Yeah, it's a, it's really yeah. incredible, like, how how hard that is. So, yeah, that's what I've been practicing. Yeah. Wow. I love <laughs> that. I love that. Um, 
obviously we've talked a lot about the book. If people want to pick up a copy, dive deep into uh, your world, your artistry, uh, where can they go to find you online to maybe get a copy of Pieces of Practice too? Yeah, so I am Morgan Harper Nichols pretty much everywhere. So MorganHarperNichols.com is exactly the same on Instagram and TikTok and Pinterest and all the places. So yeah, and then the book, it's it's on my website. So there's just a little tab called book <laughs> and you can find it there. So yes, that's me, Morgan Harper Nichols. What do you, Morgan, hope that whoever is listening today understands about the necessity for peace in their life. If there's anything that you could leave us with, anything at all, what would you tell us? What is your hope for us? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I will, I will end it on this story because I think it, I, I'm all about the images. I'm all about the images. So, mm-hmm. you know, I struggle with parallel parking, always have. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> growing up in Atlanta trying to parallel park and I would always get to a point where I would get, I'm like, okay, I'm doing, I'm, I'm getting in this spot. And then I would do one little turn wrong or whatever. And now there's a car behind me. Well, I have anxiety. So I'm like, well, now I got to go all the way around the block and try again because right. now these people are behind me. <laughs> Sometimes I would do that three, four times. Before. <laughs> you. I would go around that block three or four times before I even got in that spot. Yeah. And I always hold on to that image because I was like, you know what? Eventually I got in the spot. It took me way longer than I wanted to. I wasted a lot of gas, a lot of time <laughs> doing that. But eventually I got in my parallel parking spot. So mm-hmm. what I want to do is I want to encourage everyone to think about what is that that parallel parking spot for you right now? Like, what do you feel like you should be able to get? In that one in one time, you're like, I should be able to just take a deep breath and just be fine with it. Or I should just be like, what is it that you just have to keep circling back? You just have to keep circling back. And how can you extend grace to yourself to keep circling back, to keep trying again and again and again until you find that peace, till you find that that grace, that compassion, whatever it is that, that you have to keep circling back to. So. Mm. And just keep on circling because eventually yes, you might hit the curb. Okay. You might bump up on yeah. the curb, but you will get into the spot. Okay. Yes. Eventually, <laughs> I love that. Eventually. I love it. I love it. Well, Morgan, this has been an amazing conversation. I've taken so much away from it. So I, I know oh, and, and, and hope that our audience has too. So thank you so much for sharing your time, your energy, your wisdom, your artistry with us. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you. Oh. Likewise, I really enjoyed this. I really did. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Morgan, for joining me on Hot Happy Mess. That was such a beautiful conversation. Oh, I'm just still floating. I hear her. Her voice is so soothing, too, right? Her voice. And I think about all of the gems she dropped and it's so appreciated and and it's so real. So that that conversation is still ringing true for me and, and still staying with me. As I, as I move through my days. So I hope that it now will do the same for you as well. Morgan, thank you so much again for joining me. And if you listening loved it, let me know what resonated with you the most. Words of affirmation keep Team Hot Happy Mess going. Specifically, words like this. At Amalara says, This podcast is so captivating and driven by topics with real substance. I found my history with podcasts to be strenuous and not finding something to really capture my attention as I fulfill other tasks. But this 
isn't that. This makes me put my things down and soak in all of the beauty of this podcast. Amazing. With a sun emoji and a bunch of plant emojis. Amalara, thank you for your kind words. I so appreciate them. And I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Uh, So be like Amalara and and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple because it's the easiest way to support the show. It's free 99 and it helps us keep this thing going. It helps show the powers that be uh, that you're enjoying what we're putting out. And I'm certainly enjoying making it and being a part of these conversations. So thank you all for listening. I love you. I wish you a wonderful day. A wonderful week. Let's keep finding our magic in the middle of life's messes. Let's banish that burnout while we live our best lives. And remember that peace begins with me. Peace begins with you. Peace begins within. Okay? I'll see you on the other side. New episodes on Wednesday. You can follow me at Zuri Hall or at Hot Happy Mess on Instagram. And I'll talk to you next week. Adios. Adios. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.